Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. A week ago Friday, my social feeds started to fill up with pictures of parishioners carefully spreading this dramatic white fabric across the pews. And then pictures of our friend, Fireman Pete, who comes every year with his giant ladder ready to ascend and descend time and time again to install this glorious and tragic work of art. And this year, there were new images, new pictures of the light dappling the beautiful, newly golden floors, now glowing in previously unknown ways. And unbidden, a line of poetry floated up into mind. Glory be to God for dappled things. Thank you, English teachers who insisted upon memorization. And thank you, Gerard Manley Hopkins, for Pied Beauty. You probably didn't foresee that your words would rise up into the mind of a woman serving as a priest in a Southern American city when she witnessed the raising of a physical testament to the complicated beauty and heartache of living in the time of AIDS. There are any number of reasons why all of this might seem strange to our friend Hopkins, starting with the fact that we are reading his poetry. None of his poems were published in his lifetime. He burned many, if not most of them, and the ones we have were published more than 30 years after his death by one of his close friends. Also, Hopkins was a Roman Catholic Jesuit priest and probably didn't see me coming. (laughs) And intriguingly, some scholars speculate based on his letters that he might have been a closeted gay man. So who can presume to know what he might have thought about a world and particularly a church? that is trying its best to be a home and a solace to the LGBTQ communities and to recognize the pain of a one-time dreadfully misunderstood disease. A mystery for sure. Hopkins contained multitudes. For the second half of his short 44 years, Hopkins was estranged from his family because he had decided to leave the English Anglican Church to become a Jesuit and then ultimately a priest. He suffered bouts of deep physical weariness and depression, described as melancholy in his Victorian time. And yet, many of his poems speak exuberantly to the beauty and splendor of God's world. Glory be to God for dappled things, 
His poem begins, and then over ten brief lines, celebrates the wide and wild diversity of all the things he can see in God's creation. Couple-colored skies, stippled trout, finches' wings, the variety of landscapes and the array of trades. All things counter, original, spare, strange. Whatever is fickle, freckled, swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle, dim. He fathers forth whose beauty is past change. Praise him. Hopkins praises God for all that is dappled and different and diverse. He whose difficult life might have produced despairing, cynical works opened his eyes to see a glory-filled world. Speaking of cynicism, today we meet another man who also might have been boggled to consider our times and his story's place in this world. Again, a world so different from his own, geographically, technologically mind-blowing, and vast in its wonders, Nathaniel. Nathaniel found in Galilee by Philip. Nathaniel, who would never have known that centuries of people would hear his story. Nathaniel teeters right on the edge of despair and cynicism. He's a prime candidate when we first meet him to become the patron saint of eye rollers and skeptics. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Anyone who crawls out of that backwater can't be worth my time or attention. And then, where did you get to know me? Is this a parlor trick or a scam? However long ago he lived, Nathaniel would make a good mascot for us in our times. He's got a world weariness that he wears like a cloak, protecting his heart and his hopes. He's a little suspicious of would-be cons and has some questions for anyone who might come along selling something. For those of us who have grown pessimistic or resigned to what seems like a perpetual downward spiral, Nathaniel comes on the scene as a kindred spirit. I can't be bothered to come and see. I've been disappointed too many times by unmet expectations. I know what people are like, especially people from places like Nazareth, or however you and I might fill in that blank. Yet, Like our melancholic poet, Nathaniel has just enough hope left in him to take a deep breath and get up and go see what his friends are so excited about. A little bit of him still believes in the beauty and splendor and possibility of God's world. Let's pause and recognize what it takes for someone who's been waiting and waiting, for the one about whom Moses and the prophets wrote, to come and see one more time. Let's pause to give thanks for the estranged sons and daughters who keep loving the world. 
Let's pause and remember the spaces and places in our own lives when we thought the story was only doom and gloom, but we still held out or held on a little bit longer for the dawn. Let's pause and consider one element of the story of this extraordinary banner we sit beneath, that in a bleak time of fear and prejudice and illness, someone saw the light that could still come through. So let's pause and give thanks for the eye rollers and the would-be cynics who have at least a little curiosity and faith tucked away and every now and then can bring that hope forward to come and see what dappled greater things, even angels, might be found. Glory be to God for dappled things. Glory be to God for the strange and speckled and mottled and marbled and broken and barnacled world. When Nathaniel meets Jesus, he is first taken in by the simple insight and perceptiveness of Jesus. But Jesus says, oh, there is so much more. You will see greater things than these. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright paraphrases Jesus saying, if you follow me, you'll be watching what it looks like when heaven and earth are open to each other. The if is a big one. If you follow me. If you can open your mind and your heart to possibility. If you can believe in the splendor and beauty of God's world when it seems trashed and forgotten. If you can get up Come and see and follow, even when you're tired and unsure if it'll be worth your time or energy. If you can trade cynicism for hope. It's a big if. And if we can, we will see angels ascending and descending, heaven and earth open to each other. No telling what that might look like. Maybe a fireman up on a tall ladder hanging a work of art from some church rafters. Maybe the light dappling on this old new floor. Or one of those magical winter sunsets that you catch while you're driving down Poplar Avenue. Or maybe your friends showing up to share some really good news Maybe a little poetry coming to mind. Maybe Christ inviting you and me to let our uncertainty not be a shield, but to have enough humility and hope to come and see that the world is filled with the glory of God. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or 
vote for the same candidates, or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.